Hello there and welcome to Happy Place, the show that prefers to talk about beginnings rather than endings, which means that although it's the final episode of season two, we'll be back with more episodes very, very soon, I promise. I'm Fern Cotton and today we're meeting someone who over the last four months has motivated me, pushed me to my limits and made me sweat. It's Chessie King, one of the UK's leading health bloggers and fitness instructors at FIT. I've had every comment under the sun and it's awful. I was standing next to one of my friends who was a little bit smaller than me height-wise and size-wise and someone commented going, isn't it embarrassing that it looks like you've eaten your friend? Now, a running theme on the show is, of course, social media and all its good and bad qualities. And that chat comes to a head today because Chessie is something of an influencer herself, although she doesn't like that term, as you'll hear. But she has lots to say about using Facebook or Instagram in a healthy way. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Now though, on to the show. did one of your fit workouts this morning did you yeah what a cardio one i did a 25 minute intermediate cardio wow what a way to start a monday yeah, hey? i feel good yeah it is you know dreary out yes today. it's not very nice and i thought oh i really can't be asked <laughs> and then i was like no no i've got this i've got this yeah. i'm gonna meet you today so <laughs> I'm gonna choose you and it was brilliant so oh, thank you thank you such an easy good way to it really is do you do it in, you do it in the living room right here right in Amazing. that spot there oh, you the mat goes right down <laughs> it goes on the apple tv i'm away oh i love it i, I honestly when i so i do my own just detest them and i'm doing it with matt my boyfriend and i'm saying the same things to him as i am on the telly so Bossing i'm like him around matt you've got this come on keep <laughs> breathing and i say exactly Exactly the same time as I do on the telly. So I'm like, it's like auto-programmed in my head. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. So you are a personal trainer and now also a body positive influencer. Is that a correct bit of terminology to use around you? I prefer to use role model. Role model, just because, nice. Yeah, I feel like everyone has an influence. Even like my Uber driver who just dropped me off, he had an influence because he was so lovely and he influenced me. So I feel like that term has been thrown around. Am I right in saying it sort of happened accidentally? So you were going to you sent your, one of your friends a picture of you yeah. and you were like wait a minute why am I sending my friend a very authentic picture of myself yet I'm not posting that on social media exactly yeah and and by then I mean it was two years ago social media was just a sea of perfection and yeah. I just couldn't relate to anyone and I'm a 
tall girl, I'm six foot. And I've always been aware that I was bigger than my friends. I was, um, a lot of my friends thought that I was, like, they said that I looked like their mum when we were away. I know. And it really makes you feel good Mm. at 17 or 16 being told that they were too embarrassed (laughs) because I looked too old to be standing next to them. Yeah, but you could go into the nightclubs, they couldn't. Exactly. Never got ID'd. Never ID'd. (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah, and it did happen accidentally just because I never really knew what social media was. I was using it just just as everyone else was two and a half years ago as a, oh, I'll put a filter on that and Valencia stay there. I I uploaded three photos, exactly the same photo with different filters on, not knowing anyone could see them. Mm. And then about two years ago, I was like, actually, I want to, I want to use this platform. If I'm going to use it for anything, I just want to use it to help people and just to spread a word that maybe a smaller charity can't spread and use, use that voice for just, yeah, spreading positivity and yeah. So before you made that mental switch that you were going to be much more authentic and I guess also, you know, more you know, sort of vulnerable because you are putting yourself out there in that way. And, and I, I try and do a similar thing. Um, before that, did you feel the pressure that you had to post, you know, perfection and an unrealistic version of, of life for, for you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That I think in this age, I mean, 2017 was probably the first time I actually shared um, real life. And, and I think I was just programmed to, because I saw it everywhere, I was mm. programmed to show the best things and the best side of my life. And I think that that was just so embedded in me that I was like, well, no one wants to see me looking horrible. No one wants to see me without makeup. And and that was in my head. And now I think the more I share, the more it helps me and the more I can realise that I can actually just share everything and hopefully people go oh Chessie's got it or like even things like losing my hearing so I've got a hearing aid in and I lost my hearing suddenly a year and a a year and a half ago in just my right ear and things like that two years two and a half years ago I'd be like oh no one wants to know about Mm. that and I'd feel really lonely about it but using social media even just spread messages like this is something that I find it, it really does help me and it grows this community that I never really knew was there. And also, you know, did you previously have a fear of what people would say? So if you had posted a picture of you with your hearing aid or a picture of you where you didn't think that you looked perfect or, you know, we we use that word perfect and it doesn't exist, obviously, but whatever you deemed to be appropriate for you to post online, were you subconsciously fearing the reaction if someone said something to you that was derogatory? Would, Would that have thrown you, made you feel bad about yourself affect your self-worth do you think I think back then I was quite vulnerable to it and I think that you only grow with age and maturity that actually you don't care about those comments and obviously we get a lot of it we we open ourselves up to the criticism and and the more your social media platform grows the more opinions you're going to get and I just try now just to breathe when I see a comment and just delete it out of sight out of mind block them and and just think actually it's not it's not me that they're trying to attack and unfortunately they are sad in their own lives and, and that's so unfortunate well that's the important thing because 
I'd be lying if I said, oh, that it doesn't ever affect me. You know, you know, anyone can say whatever they like about me and I'm absolutely indestructible. That That is an absolute lie. I am a highly sensitive person, possibly in the wrong career, because you can't be highly sensitive in the public eye. But I am like ridiculously sensitive about everything in my life. And sometimes I I do feel the effects of both sides. I feel them if it's someone saying something that I feel is unjust or actually irrelevant but mean um I'm happy to take on constructive criticism if someone was to say I thought that show you did could have been more this or in that podcast episode I would have appreciated this line of questioning you know what it might hurt for a millisecond but I'll go yes there is something to be taken away from that thank you very much make a note but if it is you've got a big nose you look like dog shit whatever and it is a sort of vapid comment or whatever you do personally have to I think take the responsibility and here's the hard bit to make that shift in your head to go this isn't an attack on me like you said this is somebody who is suffering themselves Mm. and they are using me as a conduit or you know whatever personal social media to try and make sense of it to try and vent it and I think the more we can also talk to young women and men, but I think it really affects young women about that change in perspective, then we can be more authentic online. I mean, I've had every comment under the sun and it's awful, but someone said that I I was standing next to one of my friends who was a little bit smaller than me, height-wise and size-wise, and someone commented going, isn't it embarrassing that it looks like you've eaten your friend? And I was like, oh, but when did this... I'm going to get angry. Warning. I'm going to get angry. (laughs) When did this become the norm, like an acceptable thing that it's a free-for-all to say what you want? How do you deal with social media abuse online? What is your, like, three tips to anyone? Mm, I don't have tips. Okay. um, Because I'm not... (laughs) Reactive. That's why I'm talking to you. I'm trying to get it from you. (laughs) I'm not there yet. I, being highly sensitive, still do get thrown by stuff. And I think... I have some rules. I have to have rules. I'm a Virgo. And also, I would just lose my mind if I just let myself do whatever I wanted. So I try and have times where I just don't go on social media. I have times where I really enjoy looking at it. You know, I follow people like you and Bryony Gordon and Paul Nabell and people that have very positive messaging online. And that boosts me. You know, I, I that's when I love social media. I feel connected and I love it. But the times when it feels anything but that... It just sets me on edge. Um, how, you know, and one of the things is if I look at people that do portray perfection, a part of me still buys into it. And mm. I know I have to stop that happening. So how, how do you feel about people? You know, they're not bad people. There's nothing wrong with it. But how do you feel about people supplying a very perfect view of life on social media? I just feel like they haven't quite got that bravery to then be vulnerable Mm, and mm. it took me a while I mean I was back back then before I started posting photos of my belly hanging out or the bits on the back of my legs which before then I was like oh I hate that and my mind would bully my body I would speak so nastily about my body and and I think it was back then like you said when I when I sent a photo to my girls group of me after a Sunday rose my tummy was hanging out my my flies were undone and I was like 
hold on, this is where I could make a change. This is where all my friends were going, oh my God, same, look at me. And I was like, right, I'm, I'm just going to post that. And it did take bravery back then. Now I just literally post it and I'm like, you're oh, loving it. Here we are, like, this is everything. And mm. there's nothing I wouldn't post, like, about my body that will help people. Obviously, I keep a lot of stuff personal in my personal life because I feel like there is a barrier but with with my body if it helps people and I know it does that's where I go right okay I'm sure there's one person out there that will go right Chess has got that I can embrace it Mm. and I think people that are still editing every single bit of their body and putting these filters over their photos I I do feel like they will hopefully and it might take time they'll hopefully open up and go, right, this is, this is me. Mm. And, and people, people, I, and I'm sure it's the same for you. People meet you in real life. People meet me in real life and go, you're exactly the same as you are on Instagram. And that is so precious because I mean, two years ago, I, I was so worried that I, cause I, I, I did, I filtered my photos. I would make myself taller. I would never edit my body as in I'd make myself smaller, but I, that my friend, and this is something that I probably haven't spoken about, but my friend about three years ago was so, so self-conscious and she edited every bit and she went, you know, you can make yourself taller on photos by stretching them. And I was like, amazing. So I, and even if I'm six foot, I'm, I was six foot back then, I was stretching my photos mm. to make myself look taller because I was so worried that I, I portrayed this tall girl, but actually, yeah, I wasn't tall enough in person. It was really strange mm. and that was in my head. So then I'd be really worried when people met me in real life and gone, she doesn't actually look like that. Mm. And then it was this vicious cycle of, well, okay, well, they, they, they're looking at me and looking down on me when they meet me in real life. So therefore I have to portray this more, I don't know, idealistic view of myself online. And, and I look back and I'm, that's really sad, but I am glad I went through that. And I'm glad at 25, I'm now at the other end where I can just go, right. I mean, this this is me. I've tried to change myself in every single extreme way. I, I did bikini competition because I thought for me, that would be validation of me as a human. Mm. Absolutely not. I stepped on that stage for one time and one time only for 20 seconds. And all I was judged on was my body. And I just... It, it was so soul destroying that actually these four judges who had no idea who I was as a person, my 23 years before me stepping on stage. And there they are. The feedback was she was too big for her, for her category. And I was tiny for, and I've never been that for me as I, I'm at my healthiest size where I'm so happy. And I'm like, you know what? This is my home. I want to look after my body for the rest of my life. And I want to be running around when I'm 50, 60 with my grandchildren going, I've got energy to do this. And I'm so happy because I've looked after my body now. Mm, But that's amazing that you've, you know, you're only 25. I mean, I'm bloody 40 and I'm still sort of going, right, well, how does this work? Because I think it is confusing with the internet or not. You know, we grew up, like you say, with all those magazines that we're reading and I still love a good magazine now and and nothing really has changed there. We're still looking at this sort of perfect ideal of what a female is. And I think that does lead to that sort of self-flagellation, beating ourselves up constantly about things and, you know, thinking, oh, if I was more like this, I would feel like this, which is, of course, we all know that's intellectually, we know that's bollocks, but we still emotionally get drawn into it and think we need to be different and we need to change. And I'm I'm curious as to 
how you made that switch? Was it literally overnight you thought, I'm not going to talk badly to myself anymore? Or did that take time? It's definitely taken time. It, it, it has, it's been such a process. And like you said, I'm still learning. I'm definitely not perfect. I mean, I, by, by any means. But I think the way that I talk to myself is the way that I would talk to my best friend or someone that I really look up to or, or my mum. And, and I constantly am like, you look gorgeous. You're, you're, you're phenomenal. I use all these positive words to my best friends and I always have been so in awe of female bodies. And then I, uh, it was, it was about a year ago and I was like, why am I calling my best friends this? And in the photos go, oh, yay, look amazing, like girl hype. But then actually in my photos, deleting them because I was so embarrassed if anyone ever saw these photos of me looking in my head, not not how I should do We're so horrible to ourselves. Exactly. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to start introducing kinder words and going, actually, yeah, if you're calling your best friend, uh, I mean, you're saying you, she looks amazing in her, in her trousers or her jeans or whatever. I'm going to look in the mirror and go, actually, no, you, you don't. It's so difficult for me to say to people that are still back there where I was two years ago because they're going, oh, that's that's easier said than done. You could be like, oh, just a discipline then, a practice. Like every day you keep saying, you know what, you look great, or even you are great. You are enough. You are a good person. You did good today. Is it just like you keep saying it every day and then it becomes habitual? It does. Yeah. You just have to train your mind, I think. And it does take time every single day going, I mean, there's one day, there could be a day where I try on an outfit and I'm like, oh, I hate that. And then I keep on trying on. And then I go back to the first one. Cause I'm like, why do you hate that? Mm. No, enjoy it. And, and sometimes it does take, I'm not materialistic. Like I've kind of given up the fake hair, the fake nails, like, mm-hmm. and, and, and that bit, that extra bit, that I thought would make me confident Mm. and I've kind of stripped it back just to this is me and I've never had anything done and I'm not not against plastic surgery if that's what makes you feel amazing go for it but I've never had anything done and I think I'm just sitting in my body that I was given and that my mum and dad created and actually just making best friends with it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm really scared that... Um there, you know, there are young women your age considering plastic surgery purely for vanity, not because they, you know, need it or they've had an accident or they have, um, you know, a, a disfiguration that they want to sort out for their confidence. I completely understand that, obviously, but just for vanity, like having lips done, I that really scares me that it that's does. a reality. I know, and it happens. Mm. It's like I feel like now. I mean, it's, it's as easy as just going to buy chewing gum from the shop. Mm. It's it's like you just go, even my dentist, I went about like, six months ago and she was like, do you want anything else done? Oh my God, the I dentist? I can't believe it. Yeah, now dentists are trained to do, because you're numb. 
I was shocked for, and I was like, "Are you saying? Oh my god!" And, and that I think when it's when it's said, and and you see all these people, like I, I mean, I know friends that have had it done, and and you're like, "Oh wait, should I?" And you have you question it, and then you go, "No." No, 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 no. Because I think after surgery and after changing yourself, it's like editing on, on Instagram or, ed- I mean, people have these apps that completely disfigure your body mm. or whatever. Um, and I think it then makes you think even worse of yourself because you're like, oh, I look incredible in that photo. I look, I look incredible with lip fillers. But actually then you're like, after the lip fillers have dissolved or whatever happens, then you look back and you're like, oh my God, I look awful again. So I think it's that horrible, vicious cycle. It's so sad. It's so scary. And we've become so used to this image of um, the sort of stereotype of an Instagram selfie, which is, uh, you know, full lips, a highlighted cheekbone, you know, big Bambi eyes. And and if it's not that, then it's wrong, which is obviously bollocks. And, you know, I... All of my heroes are people that have, you know, true eccentricities like... David Bowie, Tilda Swinton, Beth Ditto. These are people that I massively look up to and think, I love every bit about you and how you do your business. And and even if that isn't in a purely base, aesthetical, shallow way, to me, they look absolutely incredible. They emit positivity and courage. And, and I find it sad that that's being diluted or sort of you know, dissipating now. So it's made way for this, this one image. And if you don't look like that, it's wrong. I love that you did this bizarre social experiment on Instagram. Can you, can you tell us about that? Of course. So it was, the message behind it was trolling is ugly, not you. We started off, it was just a photo of me. And someone would say something like salty, your salty legs are fat. You need to be minus 10 kilograms. So we'd go away with the, with the team and we'd doctor my legs. So we'd make them smaller. We made them taller. And then we'd go back and we'd uh, post another photo on my stories with smaller legs. And then from that, straight away, I'd get something going, oh, your nose is huge and um, you look like you've got a beak. So then we'd make my nose smaller. God and it was almighty. just awful. It was, it was just an amalgamation of all these nasty I comments. I love your, look at your lovely nose. <laughs> oh my God, Never look had at it. Say. <laughs> it's <laughs> so <you>. lovely. <laughs> and it makes me laugh. Like I try to do it in the most lighthearted way, but addressing something that is serious. Mm. And so at the end of these 24 hours, and I said nothing about what I was doing. So people by the third one were going, Chessie, Chessie, you don't need to, you don't need to edit your things stop stop trying to make them happy and by the end of it people are going oh okay I see what you're doing you're trolling the trolls like mm. you're you're actually telling them you can you can say all this stuff and I'm going to create myself but actually if I looked like the way that you want me to I'd look ridiculous yeah and it was it was just so empowering for me to actually go right at the end of it if you are getting trolled, if you are getting cyberbullied, this is where you get help. You are not alone. And I get it too. You get it too. No matter who you are, I think even from 10 followers on Instagram to a million, you are, and everything in between, you are going to get a horrible comment. And it might be from someone you you know. It might be from a stranger. And it's okay. We just need to 
put in place a plan and and you need a support team if, if it's getting that aggressive and it is so scary from that I then got death threats I then got <gasps> hey I got horrible what horrible. do you mean why because you challenged them because I challenged them and, it, and I'd stuck up for myself and and it was then like okay maybe I need to start putting in like I needed protection for just that week because obviously I opened myself up and people don't like being told that they were wrong or their opinions were wrong and they don't like people challenging them because it's like they're they're like oh god well oh she's addressed it and I think I never I never really gave trolls airtime before this and no one knew that I was going through this Mm. because a lot of the comments that I get under my photos and they're negative I will like I said just delete them but then you never see the direct messages and that's where a lot of the trolls hide away and they're anonymous or I don't know they're too scared to write it on a on a um, post but then they'll do it behind anyone's back and they'll slide into your DMs and say the worst thing and the, the funniest thing that so many of my comments maybe where I'm even silly things like oh she's got that awful eyeshadow on today they'll send it to me thinking they've sent it to their best friend and then I'll reply back going thank you so much I'll do a makeup tutorial um <laughs> honestly I and then I tried to do it really light-hearted one girl was like oh god those jeans do not fit her so I went oh thank you so much I can send them to you if they if they'll fit you better and then they go I'm so so sorry that was for my best friend I'm so sorry you've seen it and I'm like don't but worry. that's it. When it actually, when they, when they realise you are a human being with yeah. human emotions who will read those words, they nine times out of ten, I'm imagining, will backtrack and go, "I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have said that." Yeah. Um. You know, it's all very well me sat here going, "Oh yeah." You know, sometimes I feel affected and. You know, yourself as an out a grown woman, you can process it and go, yes, I understand how this works and these people aren't very happy and I'm not going to let it affect my self-worth. There are, of course, lots of much younger people where this is just straight up bullying. And, you know, I was bullied at school. It's horrible, but this is bullying on a whole other level and it can be very public and it can, I'm sure, feel very, very alienating. You know, how on earth do we tackle that? Is this, again, about going into schools and, and, and talking to children about how, how reaching out to other people if they feel alone or alienated or in trouble in this way? I think we just approach it at all different angles from a young age and educating them in schools and hopefully teachers understanding how important it is. And social media is not going away. I mean, Instagram, I mean, it's growing and growing. I wanted to take myself off it last year because of the comments. And like you, I do have times without it, but it's it's approaching it and going, right, let's educate them from a, a young age at school. Let's also make sure that their parents understand that it is, scary and it can be it it can be so destructive these messages and also saying right how are you going to help them I think I think my parents when I first got the messages even even back when I first got the trolled about two years ago my parents at 23 they were like that my parents weren't 23 I was 23 they were like oh and they they immediately like what can we do to help because it's it's still new to parents isn't it it's still new to all of us we're still figuring it out aren't we there's no specific rule book on how to deal with any of this especially for teenagers they're just trying to survive in that you know environment a lot of their for a lot of their day um without any guidelines or real support I guess so 
That's I think why it's just brilliant talking. you're doing what you're doing because you're going, look, there is another way. You don't have to pretend or be ashamed if people are being mean, calling you out on things that aren't, you know, deserving of, of such abuse. So exactly. And like you said, at school, you can be bullied at, bullied at school. But back then, we didn't then come home and we were on our phones getting yeah. bullied on our phones. You you had a safe place at home. Yeah. But now it's so... It's no escape. Yeah. And, and I think... So I think my my things would be to just talk about it even no matter what age you are someone is going to listen and someone's going to go look if I can't help you I know someone that will help you and if it is getting to the point where it's constant and you you're deleting them and then they're they're coming up with an anonymous name that you know it's them and they're, they're they're just coming at you at all different angles just sit down and write it all down write these horrible comments down and I, I just do this because I'm very visual and I and I just like it. So I write them all down and then I just scribble them out. And I'm like, you know what? That's nice. I've just scribbled them out and, and they, they're they gone. They they are gone. Um, one of my friends taught me something really interesting when I was going through it. And she's quite spiritual. And she, you know those little tea light candles? She said, right... Um, light a tea light candle and sit there and I'm, I'm I just love yoga like you my mum's a yoga teacher so I'm very much like I'm very happy to just sit and watch a candle and she said speak at the candle and say all the nasty things you've been called and talk to the candle talk to the little flame and it sounds really silly but it was so nice just sitting there and talking to it and then you basically let it and you can you can go and leave the candle make sure that it's safe um you go leave the candle and come back to it when it's died out and once it's died out it's burned out and it's gone Mm. and you've actually spoken about it and and as much as I can speak to someone else that's on social media and say look this is what's happened it's horrible they might not understand actually what's going through it. So you have to just kind of sit with yourself. And and yeah, that that really helped me. So something like that and find something that will actually make you feel like you've, you've addressed it instead of holding it in and going, oh my God, it's building up, it's building up. And then it affects you in everything. Mm. I mean, even, even young girls that I used to teach at a school and even when I was 18, young girls were coming to me and it was Facebook at that time. So everyone was going, oh, someone, so a young girl came to me and said, everyone's created this page about me and I've seen it and it's oh, so god horrible. it breaks my heart I can't and bear it's it so sad and I said to her right we're going to use social media if you're going to use it at all because I, I didn't want to just take it away from her at all and I think that that's so difficult because parents just want to take the phone yeah. away don't they because they want to protect them but that's I don't think going to help yeah you become like you a social pariah then it's cold worse. turkey yeah exactly so I said right let's not use social media for that let's try and unsee it's, it's hard to unsee but let's let's just put that into a little category that we're not going to touch for a while and let's just say social media can be used obviously like you said as this positive platform you can take away all the negativity you just have the choice you have you have the power let's what do you love doing she was like I love drawing so I was like amazing let's get you a a Facebook page or let's say now Instagram of it it can be anonymous and let's draw photos and Mm. or draw whatever and put them on your page and you're using it as like I don't know, use it as like a business tool, even at 17, 18. 
And you don't have to show your name. You're just sharing things that make you so happy. Mm. And also you're providing worth in something that isn't the aesthetic. It's going, you are brilliant at drawing. Let's celebrate that. And it's also because I love what you're doing with body confidence. And I think we all need to feel that anyway or work towards it. But also using these platforms to show our worth in other areas. It hasn't got to be a skill like drawing, but I guess it could be like... I have great compassion for others and this is how or or it could just be you know things you've seen that you think hold a beauty about them and it's not a person it's you know something else that you think will give other people joy or comfort Mm. but also I think it is really about moving the focus because obviously Instagram is visual and it becomes a lot about the visual of the person but I guess moving focus onto what, what are you good at what do you like what do you see as your worth and that's what I've certainly tried to do over the years is not see my worth in what I look like but my worth in you know I like talking and I like listening and I like having chats and I love learning and that's where I see my self-worth is there and not over here you know look at me in a dress that I don't own and I think it's that shift of focus a bit as well isn't it definitely I love that and I I towards the end of last year felt so unfulfilled with social media and and my I feel like my job as as a presenter was kind of merging into this social media role that no matter what brand was contacting me they were going right we want you to present on social media and I was going I want to like you said I want to do it face to face I want to listen and I want to have chats with real people Mm. in real life and I felt I just felt a little bit like my batteries were just empty because I'd given so much to brands and I was like you know what over over Christmas I I, I completely well, didn't touch my phone for six days and it felt incredible I've, I did it over the summer as well just a complete week without my phone and I just thought right what makes me happy and what fills me with joy like you said and in my house we have a print wall and I just like that I I took so much pride over it when we moved in and we call it the nest. When we moved into the nest, Matt was like, I know exactly what you want to do with it. You just go and make it. Because he knew that all these positive affirmations and these little quotes that are on my wall, I look to every morning and it just fills me with, yeah, I do. I've got this. I've got this. Mm. And and it was just so nice. I just sat and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take complete control of something and and self-fund a business and go... What, what I'm not I'm not an illustrator I'm not a drawer but I just sat down and I started scribbling and I was like oh my god this is amazing and something as small as just creating something on paper and writing it down I think our thumbs are so used to tapping away mm. that actually even just writing on paper like I love I that. love writing on paper oh. I love seeing my mm. like hand drawing and I feel like even in schools they've all got their laptops now mm. whereas at school I'd love writing down stuff yeah I do a little diary most nights yeah. I'll do a few lines of something yeah. and write it and it's just there's something really cathartic and beautiful yeah. about that process of yeah there's no device it's just me and a pen and here we go and that's it's a really beautiful thing to do mm-hmm. how comfortable in your body do you feel today I feel really comfortable. I feel 
like I haven't thought negatively about it at all today and I just feel so happy that it's functioning it works it works oh my god I love even something small like I cut my finger last week and like two days later I looked at it I was like wow you've healed yeah we Thank forget you. that it's really clever yeah and can do stuff like that I do. we beat ourselves up the whole time I know and you're like wow th- yeah. like it's so functional like at the end of my foot workouts I always say like hug your knees in and give yourself the biggest hug like thank your body for what it just mm, did mm. and I think even like one of my best friends is a doctor and she's like she goes through like the anatomy of my body and like even just thinking of it like that I'm like wow I know. that's insane and what and how does fitness help you in life you know why are you working out because there will be people that straight up want to get a six-pack mm. Those days are gone for me they after having two gone. kids. Yeah. I those muscles don't exist. But <laughs> I don't personally do it for that. I just want to feel mentally good. And exactly. I know that that ticks a box for some reason. What, what do you, what is your, your drive to work out? I think for me, it's just this lovely feel good cycle. Like you said, when I work out in the morning, whether it's yoga or just literally just doing a flow or, or like you did this morning, a fit class, a cardio, just, getting my body moving and afterwards I feel so happy and in turn then I feel body confident and then it goes back to if I feel confident I then go to the go I don't even need to go to the gym I then go for a lovely walk which makes me feel happy and it's this really nice feeling of just oh I can do this and I'm in control I don't go to the gym every day I I used to and it was so sad I used to get up I'd go to the gym before work I'd be in the gym at five sometimes oh I'd be in tears on the treadmill this is when I was training for a bikini competition then I'd go at lunchtime or after work I'd go twice a day every day and that was because my mind was bullying my body and now I'm at this lovely stage I feel so happy and going actually you know what I am just going to put on a fit class or I am just going to go join my friends at a class at the gym and something that I haven't done recently and it's because I actually just completely cut it out because I was like it's not making me happy is going to the gym on my own and just lifting weights on my own because it got to this point where I was like that doesn't serve me anymore just sitting with that feeling and going do I have I booked in to see my best friend's at a class yes so I'm not going to cancel on them we do it we talk we laugh the whole way through making it fun it is Mm. fun and and people say I don't like the gym I'm like you don't need to go to the gym to exercise go to a trampoline park go horse riding go go ice skating like do whatever makes you feel happy just move and and I think that's so lovely and that's such an important message that it's so accessible with things like fit, just sitting in your kitchen, in your living room, going on holiday with your phone in your hotel room and going, oh, I, I can just click a button and it's there. And and choosing whatever classes make you feel amazing. So, mm. yeah. Well, we've both had the endorphins going today, which is a lovely thing. So hopefully a good week ahead. Definitely. And thank you so much for your time, Chessie. You. And um, I really hope that your your mission just keeps on going and that you recruit more people that are on board with what you're saying because it's a, a lovely thing you're doing on, on social media um, especially. So Thank you so much. Good luck with thank the rest you. of it. Oh, thank you, Chessie. What a star. So lovely talking to you. You can find out more of her wise words on Twitter and Instagram, where she's known as at Chessie King. And that's it. 
for season two of Happy Place. I can't believe it is just whizzed by. Let me know what you thought of the show. As we've documented today, I'm open to constructive criticism and the guests that you've enjoyed too. Let me know who you've liked. Maybe even suggest a few that you'd like to hear in the future because there will be more. Do that all on the Apple Podcasts app by leaving a review. And look, while you're there, check out our back catalogue. Oh my goodness, there's so many. Available for free in all its glory. You can also find it at Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and more. Thank you again to Chessie, to the producer Matt Hill at Rethink Audio. Thank you, Matt. And for you, lovely, brilliant people for listening. I cannot thank you enough because you keep listening and that means... I get to keep making more. So thank you. I'll see you really soon. Loads of love. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.